Hey, sophisticated spectators. Want to stay loud, laced, and locked in to Beyond the Bleachers? Our brand new website, beyondthebleacherspodcast.com, has links for every streaming platform where you can listen to new episodes every Monday, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at beyondthebleachers underscore. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. My name is Samantha. Once again, I have my lovely co-host Jocelyn with me. How are we doing this week, girl? It's been a cool week, you know? A lot of stuff happening, but basketball has been booming. (laughs) What's up, sophisticated (laughs) spectators? You know. (laughs) It definitely has been booming. Um, so like I said last week, we're at the point where we're getting into conference play. Things are kind of being kicked up a couple extra notches as we forge ahead towards the NCAA tournament starting in March. Joss, do you want to go ahead and tell us where South Carolina is right now? Sure, because you know I love to highlight my Gamecocks. It's always a good time to do that. Don't roll your eyes, Sam. Y'all can't see it yet, but Patreon will know sooner or later. Somebody is. But anyway, (laughs) my Gamecocks still undefeated, haven't played two games, all right? First game up this past Thursday, January 4th, my Gamecocks played the Florida Gators. And listen, I don't care what anyone says. These, These games are getting tougher and tougher, Sam. And I know you know. They we are. can't wait for March. And it's we're already getting like a taste of it. No team is going to lay down and just give you the game. You have to earn it. The score was 89-66, to 66, bringing the Gamecocks to a 13-0 and 0 record. Even though we had 18 turnovers to Florida's 14, Raven Johnson is just exceptional as far as guarding-wise. She's great on defense. Whenever she doesn't just, you know, she doesn't give up on the play. Whenever she sort of makes a mistake, she finds a way to get it back. And I love that tenacity. I love that intensity on her end. And I just love that fight and that heart she has. I mean, she's snatching cookies after following up her missed shot. Pow Pow's out here back-to-back threes in the first five minutes. I mean, they're going crazy. They're going ham. I love to see it. Then we're going to go on over to uh, the Gamecocks versus Mississippi State happening Saturday. What is that? Uh, January 7th. Chloe Kitts put in the work in over the summer. We talked about this before. She is just locked in and ready to go all the time she plays the fourth spot so well and I love South Carolina's patience and their offense when they're down so they're down pretty much the first bit of the few minutes of um the South Carolina game against Mississippi State and the way that they just found their their groove they were patient like I said on offense and it's just outstanding. But I have to say, again, Bree Hall, whew, I mean, she just makes it look so easy. We talked about it last episode. Then you have, like, Pow Pow with her threes again, like I'm saying. They they held, uh, but Mississippi State, we can't deny, they have great defense. And they held South Carolina uh, scoreless for, like, about three minutes. They were, you know, up five in the first quarter. 
But South Carolina just, again, staying calm, cool, and collected, very poised. They won the first and second quarter right when we needed it. Breezy was out here making it look oh so easy again with back-to-back threes. You know, and the foul line, you know, that foul line elbow extended. She's money and clutch from that spot. She hit it. She hit them like back to back with that. And then fourth quarter fatigue set in. And sometimes their offense possess their uh, offensive possessions rather they get like a bit cluttered sometimes and their spacing is a little wild and sometimes there's a little uh, too uh, unselfish and the extra passes kind of turn into turnovers or just missed opportunities because the bigs aren't ready you know full wally had this beautiful like crossover spin move with a dish to cardozo but she wasn't ready for it and when she dished it over to cardozo she kind of like hit her face and then luckily one of the team uh, the one of the guards on mississippi state you know fouled cardozo so it kind of bailed her out but she also missed those two free throws which like really pissed me off and i'm like cardozo i mean like you messed up the play and then you missed the foul shots come on but you know, we need to work on the second chance opportunities that we get with the putbacks because going forward, like I said, March Madness is is approaching us fast. We're only in January, but it's going to be here and they have to capitalize on making sure they don't make these, you know, kind of silly mistakes later on in the game because when it counts, these foul shots are going to matter and these second chance shots, they have to stick them. So they need to figure out that out, but you know, we're still Undefeated, 14-0, going out. I love it. The score was 85-66. to Really happy about that. Really happy that our team is on the top. But we just got to work on these turnovers and work on these putbacks because, man, oh, man, it could hurt us in the, in the, you know, in the long haul. Turnovers is something that you've been talking about with South Carolina a lot this season, has it not? Mm-hmm. It has been, Sam. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's been consistent on the not so good side. But we're also consistently winning these games still. And I don't know how. But listen, we have hot, uh, we have fight and we have heart. So let's please keep that up and, and For bring sure. down the turnovers, please. Please, God. All right. Well, on the Maryland side, Maryland suffered their first loss in eight games with an 81 to 87 loss to Nebraska. We talked oh, about man. this being in conference play now. So Nebraska is also in the Big Ten. And that game was on December 31st. Um, and the biggest thing for them was their fast break points. That was one of the things that I had been talking about earlier on in this season. Maryland only had four fast break points to Nebraska's 18. And so when we're thinking about teams playing in transition, that kind of fast-paced offense, you're thinking about how you can quickly turn your defense into offense. And so that's something that they need to maintain their consistency in. Mm-hmm. They followed that with a win against Minnesota, another in-conference game, a 72 to 64, um, being mindful that both of these games were on the road. So Maryland has started their in-conference season out in the Midwest. That comes with losing that home court advantage that they had had for a while during some of the earlier parts of the season. So they are now two and one in the Big Ten. My standout person for both of these games is the grad student, Lavender Briggs. I talked about her um, being on uh, the bench for a while because she was injured. So she had missed quite a bit of games, but she came back for the Nebraska game and off the bench, she played 32 minutes, was 11 for 17 with 25 points, four rebounds and one assist. And then in Minnesota was 
once again played 35 minutes, was 6 for 14 with 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 1 steal. So kudos to Lavender. She is not used to coming off the bench at Maryland, but I guess coming back from injury, we don't want to push her too hard right off the bat. So she is has been a great spark off the bench these past couple of games, and I can't wait to see how she continues to integrate herself into Maryland's lineup. Um, another thing to note is that they were scheduled to have a game on January 6th um, against Purdue at the Xfinity Center here in Maryland that was postponed because we had a huge rainstorm that came in and there was apparently a leak at the Xfinity Center and water was just pouring in onto the court. Um, they ultimately decided to postpone the game. So that will be another in-conference game that will have to somehow be squeezed in the midst of all these other games that they have going on to close out the season. So not quite sure how that is going to impact the latter part of, you know, Maryland's push back into, you know, notoriety where they want to be. So something to look out for as we forge ahead into the season. But overall, I'm not mad. You know, in conference games, we always talked about them being a lot more difficult um, because they're worth a lot more. And so not shocked that they lost to Nebraska, but also happy that they were able to bounce back in a big way and continue to forge ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, they had a good run there, didn't they? Eight games straight. They sure did. Uh, You know, fortunately, Nebraska was the one to kind of stop that winning streak, but they were playing exceptionally well. So you definitely have to be proud of your Terps because, listen, the turf is not easy. (laughs) They're playing some (laughs) tough, tough teams. And, um, you know, it's wonderful to see them rise to the occasion. And sometimes, you know, you fall, but... Falling is not failing. You learn from it. And uh, hopefully that's all they do moving forward. So we have talked a lot about how women's basketball, women's athletics has grown a lot over recent years. Um, LSU has been all the buzz ever since they won the national championship last year. And so this week it was announced that ESPN and NCAA reached a new eight-year media rights agreement that will cover 40 NCAA championships, 21 women's, and 19 men's events, and will expand coverage of D2 and D3 championships beginning on September 1st of this year. So before we get into a little bit of what all of that means and its impact on the game, What do we think about ESPN taking the plunge and saying, no, we're not only securing a deal, but we are securing this deal that is worth $920 million for college sports? Yeah, this is major, major, especially I love the fact that the women are at the helm of this. We're really forcing this, you know, this big deal to make it like actually happen. Um, I think what did they say something around like 57% of the value of the deal is tied to women's college basketball specifically. I mean, hello, yep, 57%. Ding, ding, ding. Wake up. It's all about the ladies. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not sexist over <laughs> here, but we do have to actually just look at what's been happening. Who have we been talking about all last year with the NCAA tournament and LSU? Kaylin Clark and Angel Reese. Hello. We talked about that through uh, all different platforms. We talked about it on our podcast and on another one that mine was talking about. You know, like, 
it's just been so much conversation around women's basketball in particular NCAA and for them to finally just say that because one the numbers are speaking for itself I love to hear it not only hear it but also see it and for it to like start working for us because that's what's needed the exposure is needed the money is needed and I think that's what's going to happen yeah, so as you mentioned, 57% of the revenue they are expecting to come solely from women's basketball. That is huge for the game. They're talking about the next step would be to have women's basketball in NCAA have its own standalone deal because on the men's side, the men do have their own um, men's basketball deal for NCAA. Um, and so the women's basketball tournament has been included in this deal in totality, which is also a huge deal because I remember being a teenager, being a young adult, and not being able to see a lot of these tournament games because they weren't streaming on a lot of different mm-hmm. channels or a lot of yep. different platforms. You know, and on the men's side, they have affiliations with CBS and Turner Sports. So the men's side, they're on like four different channels all at the same time when you can watch all the different games and just flip your TV back and forth all day long. And right. it just wasn't like that for the women. You know, they had games back to back to back, sometimes at the same time. And depending on where you lived, determined what game you got to see. Exactly. And so there really was a huge disparity in what you were able to see on TV And if you're in an area like me where you watch teams from other conferences and you don't get to indulge in that during the season a lot of the times, then you want to be able to see them come tournament time. Um, So that is a huge deal. I hope that, you know, as revenue starts to come in, as people continue to see the importance of this type of exposure and the money and notoriety that can come from it, that the women will eventually have their own deal um, so that they can continue to grow and continue to flourish. And in turn, you know, we see the ESPN deals that the WNBA has, and we hope that there will be kind of an even exchange of what that looks like. You know, we want the WNBA to grow. We want NCAA women's basketball to grow. So as one gets more notoriety, the other one is going to have to come up equally in notoriety as well. So it's kind of like a win-win for both sides of the spectrum. It really is. And you know what they love to see. The money, 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 money. The money. Because that is what all this exposure is going to do. And the fact that we finally, you know, have the backing behind us just is going to push the NCAA as far as the women's go, like all the way to the top. And I think it's clear. I think even LSU, they had like this funny, I think uh, it was a, was it like a meme or like a little TikTok video of just LSU women uh, having the ring and then the LSU guys just not? I, we're starting to see that where certain programs, the women's side is just leaps and bounds better than the guy's side. I hate to say that, you know, to compare, but it's just true. So we can't penalize one side just because of the other is, you know, known to be in leagues or just just known to be watched more because now that's just really not the case and we're starting to see that and I love that it's being exploited in the best way possible these ladies are going to start having you know way more much more success and much more like uh you know better deals when it comes to NIL and stuff when they're getting all this exposure and 
money, money, money coming through on all ends is just going to make this whole program, the whole network, everything, the association just skyrocket to the top. So I wanted to point out a couple things as I was reading more about um, this whole arrangement, so to speak. And so mm-hmm. North Carolina coach Courtney Banghart, who is the president of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, made a statement saying that how do you tell athletic directors to continue to invest in women's basketball other than out of the goodness of their own hearts. And that is something that we're hearing very often these days that people invest in women's basketball, not for the money, but because it's something that they love to do, something that they are passionate about. They are passionate about growing the sport. And so she said that once we get money attached to it and you start to feel the reward of that investment, then you're also bringing in these other entities that can make these programs be even more successful. And we've talked about that a lot in uh, previous podcast episodes about the only way to grow is to show that you are invested in these things. The only way to grow the W is to show that you're invested in the W by putting in the money. The only way to show mm-hmm. that you are invested in college sports is to lay down the money, you know? Yeah. And so now we're starting to see that clearly there's coaches, there's sponsors, there's fans that are invested in the game solely for the love of the game. But Mm -hmm. now you're starting to see people invest in other ways that are making the game grow more and more. You know, Kim Mulkey was coaching in Baylor for many, many, many years. And so she didn't leave her status at Baylor to come to LSU for nothing. Dawn Staley grew that program at Temple. She didn't leave and come to South Carolina for nothing. They're not making maybe what a Coach K at Duke would have been making, but they do it for the love of the game, and you reap so much more on the back end. But just thinking about how much more access this these sports can have if they had the right backing is just huge. It's massive. I mean, Dawn said, you know, we need it for women's basketball. We need it on our campuses because that's what's happening on the guy side. And that's what we're saying. You know, if you compare it to the other side of the ball when it comes to the men's, listen, they they already have it. It's happening there. So Dawn was like, you know, we need that to happen. And then I do think you'll start seeing administrators realize that we are revenue producing, a revenue producing sport that what that's you know one of the things that's holding them back like that's holding us back that's what Don said and I think that's so true you know um you know we'll get into like the revenue sharing and all of that but that's really what it is if it's working for one side why do you think it's not going to work for the other and it's been proven like we talked about last year everybody talking about these women in the games and what they're doing just not even on the court but off of it we need this and everybody wants this like you said Sam the fans are there yearning for it, who just love the game period they don't care who's playing as long as it's their team <laughs> they're watching and then eventually they start to get invested in these teams and these players specifically and they follow them on to their the next thing that they're doing in their career and whatever that may be even if it's not basketball so I think that you know the money is there the longevity is there and, and you know a podcasting word that we use it's evergreen evergreen green in there that means money too (laughs) 
So to put it in perspective, this deal, this eight-year deal is worth roughly $115 million annually. Their previous deal, or I guess the deal that they're in now that is due to expire um, on August 31st, was a 14-year deal, which was worth about $40 million annually. So they are roughly three times their amount annually. In addition, a spokesperson for NCAA confirmed that roughly $28.75 million annually will go towards production and marketing costs. That is a tremendous accomplishment. I had to think back to previous uh, NCAA tournaments where they were talking about how the men had all the these the lavish equipment and the lavish locker rooms with all of the amenities and the women looked like they had what was it worse than a high school gym it looked Mm -hmm. almost like a hotel gym you know for for practicing (laughs) and these are men and women that are aspiring to play at the top of their game a lot of them even aspiring to play professionally in some sort of way and so to to consider how now NCAA was put on blast because people had cameras out and were taking pictures and video footage of just how drastic the disparity was that was I think the key in what let NCAA know like we're not playing around anymore because we can talk all day about the disparities but now people can see the disparity and I think that once again that championship game like you mentioned with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese really just highlighted that you have gold in your hands and for whatever mm-hmm. sexist racist homophobic whatever the reason is you are letting that gold slip through your fingers because you're refusing to acknowledge the greatness that you have right in front of you and i think that that was the most disappointing thing that has now turned into kind of like a silver lining yeah i mean the gold is right there if you don't capitalize on it you're silly so hope I'm happy, not even hopefully, I'm happy that these execs, the president is seeing that. And, you know, Baker's like, you know, it just, this just makes sense. He made the deal. I'm so excited for for everything that's about to happen for the NCAA, especially on the women's side. Yes, I'm a little biased because for the men, it's already there. It's already there for them. And it took precedent. And I think now that the women are just, showing up in ways and playing in ways the skill set is is there at a high time level especially after this season I'm sure they won't you know they won't scoff at this deal they'll just go yeah it's just going to get better and better and I can't wait to see you know what that's going to bring to all of the programs especially the programs that are in the top 25 I think it's just going to start spreading all over because like we talked about too this season in the podcast is that there are these ranked teams that are just outshining others. Talk about NC State, who went from unranked to uh, number three. They're in the top five. Are you kidding me? You know, and they're and they're right there playing these highly ranked other teams. We'll talk more about NC State a little later. But uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful to see. And I think <laughs> that not only does this momentum and energy and money bring up and everything for the coaches side and the programs but also for these players you know the players can feel like they're really adding value to what they're doing day in day out that all this hard work is not going unnoticed and it definitely means a lot and they could really uh, perfect their careers and project their careers to be very successful in the future 
I also wanted to do a little bit of research into the deal that ESPN has with the WNBA. Mm -hmm. And so we know that the WNBA and, and ESPN have had some sort of association for over a decade, many, many years. In March of this year, or I guess last year, 2023, mm-hmm. ESPN announced that they were going to televise 25 regular season games across all of its networks. So that's ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, as well as all of the playoff games for the WNBA. And so that's what we saw. We got to indulge in all of the playoff games being on ESPN. We got to go live with you all because we really wanted to take in the moment. And we were so happy to be able to do that on you know a national platform that people around the world can access, not only here in the United States, but in other countries as well. But 25 games is not a lot. No. It's an increase from 18 which is what I saw that it was before. But to put it in perspective, the season is 40 games. So each team is playing 40 games and there's 12 teams. So 25 games is an improvement. Yes. But it's not enough. That deal um, between the WMEA and ESPN will end in 2025. So I'm also excited to see how this deal goes with NCAA in 2024 so that when the W is ready to negotiate in 2025, let's hope for an explosive deal. I can't even say bigger and better. Let's hope that the deal just blows up and explodes because of all the greatness that they're seeing on the NCAA side. And they say, we want to invest in the W in the same manner that we're investing in NCAA. That's all I can hope for because... The W, we got to get y'all on TV. I know I pay for League Pass and <laughs> I get mad when the games are not on League Pass, but <laughs> they should all be there. I'd rather see the not games on ESPN and have, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it. The numbers are there. The viewership is growing. We saw how big the Aces and the Liberty were and how they were selling out tickets every home game people were coming to other cities to watch them play i came from another city to watch the aces (laughs) play and so we know that it's there you know the game that i attended was on espn you know and so we know that the viewership is there we've seen the increase in numbers every year for the last few years Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that this deal that NCAA has with ESPN will not only be successful and maybe they can renegotiate it a few years down the line, but also it can lend to an even better deal for the W, which is where a lot of these women are striving to be. Absolutely, Sam. I mean, them... The W definitely needs to be televised more. Like we talked about League Pass and you already know my hangups about it. And there's just room for improvement in that area. So I won't just (laughs) I, I won't go off on it, but we'll see an uptick. You know, starting now with NCAA, the women's side out here in the forefront, really leading the charge of that deal. Then you have the WNBA, you know, with their deal with, I think, what is it, ION, that and that's giving that's going to give us regular games on Fridays. Mm -hmm. That's huge for the W, huge for everybody (laughs) that's involved in the W because that's going to bring in what more money like you need consistency and I think that's with anything right you need the money and the consistency of knowing where to go 
uh, on television to watch these games and having a designated night. Like everybody remembers TGIF. I know I do. I'm also dating myself. If you don't know, then you're young. If you do know, then you're popping. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to call y'all old because I'll be calling myself old. But anyway, TGIF. On, you on, in, you know, like, no, you they're had in the Nick old ish lady gang. We talked about this last week. <laughs> Absolutely. So, oldest lady gang, get at me. We're over here. We're out here. So, we know TGIF Friday. We know that. Thank God it's Friday. Nick at night. We know all the great tele- uh, television programming that happened, and everybody was locked in. Everybody sat and they made it like a moment. It, they made it almost an event. You have Sunday night football, and then now you had Amazon with thursday night football and you saw the uptick that they saw there for the nfl so this deal with nba uh, the WNBA and ion is hopefully going to be kind of like that just kind of mirroring that success that we've already seen and you're already going to sh- to show that the exposure is going to only bring in more money we're gonna sound like a broken record but that's what everybody just needs to know it's going to bring in more money that means more salaries bigger salaries for the teams bigger salaries for the coaches more you know more equipment like we talked about how this ncaa side how it was crazy with the differences in the locker rooms so now on the on the professional side we're going to see just bigger and better for these ladies for these professionals that they absolutely need and the consistency of viewership which is really important and that's what i really want to see is just going someplace get looking forward to it marking my calendar and saying yes on friday night don't talk to me i'm inside okay we ain't outside we inside and we watch it the w okay we watch it WNBA basketball on fridays <laughs> bringing a whole new meaning to friday and i'm all for it to close this conversation out, I just wanted to close it out by saying that 10 million fans tuned into the championship game between Iowa and LSU last year. And that was on ABC and ESPN uh, affiliate. We hope that this uh, deal that they have generated between NCAA and ESPN will continue to grow. We want to see 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, 100 million people tuning in because they are worth it. Players like Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese are continuing to prove that they are worth the investment. I mean, we've talked about these, you know, young ladies being celebrities at this point. Mm -hmm. So they are continuing to prove that they are worth the investment. And so we hope that these deals like this continue to come and continue to only get bigger and better, not only for our big teams like Iowa and LSU, but for all of NCAA. So shout out to our mid-majors, our D2s, our D3s. We haven't forgotten about y'all either. I hope y'all get included on this deal in a major way as well. So my breakout for the week is a game that was on January 6th between number 10, Texas, and number 24, West Virginia. Texas was looking to bounce back in the top 25 after they lost to an undefeated Baylor. That was their first loss of the season on December 30th. And then they followed that with a win against the unranked Texas Tech on January 3rd. We are also looking at Texas with the loss of junior Rory Harmon, who Jocelyn so graciously talked about earlier in the podcast season, following an announcement on December 29th that she uh, injured her ACL in a non-contact injury during practice on December 27th. So we've got one team that's undefeated, 
one team that is looking to prove themselves without their star player. And it was a hot game from the moment the buzzer went off. Um, the Mountaineers of West Virginia are out to their second best start in program history at 13-0 and and 2-0 and in the Big 12 conference play. And so immediately from the tip-off, we saw immediate full-court pressure from West Virginia, showing why they are or were indeed undefeated at 13-0. and Their tight defense over the course of the game caused 24 Texas turnovers to only 13 for West Virginia. So that was going to be a pivotal role for them. Their defense, they came out hot from the get-go. But what I liked about Texas was that they are ever so patient in their offense. And that is Mm -hmm. thanks to veteran coach Vic Schaefer. He has been coaching at Texas since 2020. Um, We know him very well from his experience um, at Mississippi State. That was his first head coaching job where he coached for almost 10 years. But he has been in NCAA women's basketball coaching for the last 30 nine years. So he comes with a lot of experience and he has coached WNBA players such as Victoria Vivians and Tierra McCowan. So watching Texas, I could tell why they were previously undefeated and had their first loss against another undefeated team because they were, like I said, ever so patient in their offense. They knew how to space the floor very well. And ultimately they were so much more efficient than West Virginia. From the field, they shot 53%. 42% from the three and 89% from the free throw line compared to West Virginia, only 26.7% from the field, 13% from the three and 65% from the free throw line. So ultimately they were just better and more efficient offensively and won with the score of 70 to 49. So overall, I have to give Texas my breakout kudos for the week with an honorable mention to Um, One of the players from West Virginia, I could not leave without giving her a nod, Janiah Quinterly out of West Virginia. She was the leading scorer for the entire game. She played 32 minutes, was 9 for 11 from the free throw line, and 6 for 20 from the field, scored 22 points, and had 4 rebounds and 4 steals. And I was telling Jocelyn before the recording that all throughout the game it was Quinterly for three. Quinterly's at the free throw line. Quinterly with the steal. I mean, we could not hear her name enough, so I could not mention this game without giving her her honorable mention kudos, even though West Virginia lost. She had 22 of their 49 points. So kudos to Texas, honorable (laughs) mention to Quinterly, and overall great game. Golly, she really was putting in all the effort. She just needed a little bit more, well, a lot more from her teammates, but what a win for Texas, considering the you know the a adversity. lot more, <laughs> yeah, a lot more. <laughs> but I'm so happy for Texas to win that game. But kudos to that young lady because Janaya Quinterly is not one to not guard. Clearly, <laughs> well, they probably couldn't clearly, but that's awesome. Congratulations to her. But I have to go on over. I talked about it a little bit briefly, um, a little earlier. Mississippi State is all over the place, right? But breakout is not going to go to just the team of Virginia Virginia Tech. But my highlight has to go, or my unsung hero breakout star has to go to Elizabeth Kitley, who scored a layup on a cross-court inbound pass with less than a second remaining 
Uh, and the number 13 Virginia Tech women beat previously undefeated and third ranked NC State 63 to 62 on Sunday. It was crazy. For the Hokies, Elizabeth Kitley was the leader standout, just breakout of the whole entire game. She put in all the work and it all paid off big, big time. Kitley played 38 minutes. So again, she wasn't getting any breaks either. And she put up 27 points. She had 12 rebounds and two assists. Kitley was balling. All right. And let's just think, talk about her quickly, her stats, like just her averages. She averages about 20 uh, to 21 points per game. So she killed that average. She rebounds about 11 to 5 uh, in 11 to 12 uh, rebounds. So she hit that one. She had 12 uh, twelve rebounds and then assists about 1 to 2. She had 2. So she was just on point, on par. This is a senior, so she's well-polished. She knows what she's doing out there. She's also a center, number 33, and she stands six foot, six foot six. So she's not one to mess with on the inside, and she can do it all for you. And she's doing her job really well. And, I mean, if you look at the stats of the game, they were pretty much neck and neck the whole entire time. I mean, look at it. It came down to a, a shot by uh, Kitley at the end there. And NC State definitely being, you know, ranked third, much higher than uh, Virginia at 13. They they protect the home court, and that's wonderful to see. I love to see teams, you know, just find a way to make sure that they protect home court. And that is exactly what Virginia Tech did. And we can't deny the fact that they are ranked not, you know, they're ranked not for, uh, you know, reason, you know. So they gave NC State their first loss of the season. Now they are 14-1 and and Virginia Tech is now 12-2. and Congratulations to Kitley and congratulations to Virginia Tech. Y'all was balling out here. Ooh, another undefeated team, no longer undefeated. We are getting down to the nitty gritty because how many undefeated teams do we have left in the top 25? I don't even know. We would have to check that out because it's not many, but I know that my Gamecocks are leading that charge. <laughs> but the rankings just keep moving. They keep <laughs> you just changing. had to throw that you in there, didn't you? It. Come on, Sam. You know me. I had to do that. So currently it looks like we have two teams that are still undefeated in a top 25 as of January 1st standing. So that would be your Gamecocks, South Carolina, and the number two team, yeah. the UCLA Bruins. Those are the only two. Oh, and Baylor. I'm sorry. Three. And Baylor Bears, number six. Those are the top only three. three in the top 25, as I said, of January uh, 1st that are still undefeated. Oh, boy. I know that's all going to change in these coming weeks. We'll see, but hopefully not to my Gamecocks. Look, just don't be undefeated and then get defeated in the final Yeah, four. I'll take a loss and just win the, the, the game that matters, which is the championship <laughs> game. Don't do me like last year because I am still hurting. Damn you, Caitlin. I'm kidding. <laughs> we all are, girl. We all are. So as we wrap up another episode, Joss, tell the people where they can find us. You know, you can find us at Beyond the Bleachers underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and join us when we go live. You can also find the links to all of our social media pages and streaming platforms at BeyondTheBleachersPodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. Until next time, stay loud. 
stay laced and And stay stay locked locked in. in. Bye, Bye, y'all.